everyone and we are back this week with ken dog hey what's up <laughs> we finally got together on zoom to record this episode we thought this episode would be really fitting this month just because it is a suicide prevention month we were also thinking about just like making some awareness around this subject the weather is changing lately we kind of feel like that's kind of the direction in which everything is going to go right now kennedy what would you say yeah, I'd say like summer is winding down, fall's coming. Um, I'm always looking forward to the fall, but not so much the winter <laughs> brings a lot of things. It does. It totally brings a lot of things. And we just want to put like a bit of a trigger warning out there first for anyone who's tuning in to this episode. We are talking about mental health. We're going to be talking about, you know, suicide prevention. We're also going to be talking a little bit about just our experiences with that. And we wouldn't want anyone to feel at a place or uncomfortable. So just putting that out there now. So you guys, you know, if you feel okay, continue listening and uh, yeah, you can kind of hear what we have to say this week. So Kennedy, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what you kind of like specialize in. Yeah. Um, so I'm from New Brunswick originally. Um, I went to UNB for a bachelor in psychology. I'm currently working at Autism Nova Scotia here in the city of Halifax. We love that. We love that. <laughs> We love having you down whenever you're visiting. Um, but yeah, my main work right now is I do a little bit of mental health crisis, some prevention work, um, and I also do a little bit of recreation, so a little bit of more fun programs, balance it out a little bit. But yeah, I work with teens, I work with adults, children sometimes, but a lot of uh, autistic folks in the community here, and that's kind of what I'm doing and just living, living the dream. <laughs> Living a dream, helping yeah, those who need it most. <laughs> exactly. I was talking about how, you know, working in a merge, like, and I've said it before, just like working with people and like, you know, if your gallbladder has issues, it's like, so, okay, this is what you do. There's an algorithm. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty standard. You kind of know where things are going to go versus mental health with people. It's such more in depth. It's not straightforward. And I think that's what makes mental health so beautiful in that way and make brains like so unique and powerful. And just like, no one has that same lived experience every day as someone else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's definitely very complicated, you know, like all the ways that somebody could be impacted in their life, like, just because something, you know, hurt one person or was good for one person doesn't mean that it's not going to impact the next person a completely different way. So yeah, we look at that a lot at our job and, and some of those barriers and the accessibility factors and stuff like that, that, you know, can contribute to some of those issues that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. And I think we've kind of for a long time been in a society where people, you know, they have to pull up their work boots, they have to, you know, strap in, they have to pretend to be happy when they're not people are working themselves to death now for corporations who don't really care about them. And I think that's a big thing now. And like, you know, not being able to fill positions of jobs. It's like, you know, you have someone like us going to school or, you know, people who are providing for their families or people who probably should be retired right now, but can't because they just, they don't have that income to help balance it out. And, you know, you're working so for so little and someone at the top, it's like, what makes you a harder worker than the person doing the frontline work? Like, and that's why frontline workers are so pissed off now. And that's why there's such like a gap and a disparity and going on right now. And, you know, I think that too has now led, you know, pretending to be happy. Our whole system of how we live is kind of like crumbling. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a capitalism, right? <laughs> it's a putting the putting the production and 
and monetary value ahead of um, human life, I guess, and our well-being. Um, it's definitely not always on the front of our mind um, when we're thinking about our workplace. I'm, I'm really lucky to be working um, at such a great inclusive place that really does kind of consider those things. Um, but I know like from my past work experiences and from I hear from a lot of um, friends that like, you know, you just you don't get that time to slow down sometimes. And a lot of people just want to put life on pause for a minute, but it's, it's so much about how much we can produce it, how fast we can do it and, and the deadlines and, and this rushed culture. So I think, yeah, that can be definitely really, really troubling, um, especially in the workplace. Yeah, totally. I get that people going in, even when they maybe mentally just need a mental health day, they just kind of need to take a break, maybe just from life for a day, you know, we all just want to have a moment. And it's like, that's kind of like, you know, look down on and then, you know, people get into a spiral. And then there's lack of services to help people I find with mental health and not even just acute mental health, like just a crisis It's like, we need people and strong structural mental health services to help people through various stages of their life. Why is it you only got to be in a crisis or, and, or, you know what I mean? Like why there needs to be this long-term care of mental health and people we're letting people fall through the cracks for literally no reason. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody has mental health. Um, not everyone has a mental illness, but I think that we're kind of increasing the numbers now we're seeing it it's becoming a lot more common for the average person or a huge majority of the population and younger younger and younger ages all the time um, who are getting diagnosed with these mental illnesses um, and who aren't having good mental health and I think just like making that a priority in our schools and, and in our workplaces and just like our daily um, socialization is so important because like yeah we're not gonna be able to keep up with this constant um, need for overproduction and you know we can't keep up with robots we can't keep up with technology because we're human beings so it's it's pretty unrealistic to have that standard of everybody needs to keep up to the certain pace of life damn straight you know what yeah. break this break <laughs> yeah I, you know what you know, <laughs> throw that shit out we ain't doing it we're done <laughs> we are done me and kennedy are drawing the fucking line here today yeah double fingers up to the world <laughs> I mean, it's not all bad, but <laughs> only some of it. And the some that is bad, we want to roll out because that's right. if there's ever a time to change, it has been for a long time, but it is truly now. And, uh, you know, even just like say services, like healthcare services or things like that. Now we have become so reliant on letting things slowly go through the track, like cracks. And then they're saying, you know, wait times and merge and blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's nowhere to go there. And like, we're just falling apart, like socially, economically, you know, just on all stands. We're not, we're not doing too hot. <laughs> I mean, the pandemic is definitely not helping our economy. Our economy itself isn't a depression. So I don't see how the rest of us can't be. Honestly, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's pretty hard. A lot of us are struggling. Like I'm out here struggling for the money. I know everybody else is. I know it's impossible to get a house. It's impossible to like save money and move forward. And and it's just, it, it can be so hopeless. Like it can be so just daunting that the debt that we have from school and, and everything else kind of just piling. And I can see why people feel like they don't have a choice sometimes or like that they're at a dead end. Like they don't really know where else to turn and, and like, man, grocery, grocery prices and living expenses are just continuously growing while we're not getting paid anymore. So it's just, that's just like a whole nother issue, but I think like it's definitely contributing to why people are feeling so shitty right now. 
Yeah, 110%. Um, and you, so you done homelessness as your thesis topic for school, hey? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was my thesis in um, my last year university. So I did, um, I kind of looked at homelessness barriers and accessibility factors, some things that um, prevented these folks from, you know, getting off the streets um, and and what are the things that they need and and how are their needs being met? And what are the things that are preventing them from, from getting to that point? Like, for example, getting a job, um, getting health care, being able to just do any basic things, transportation to certain places or anything like that. Even, you know, the ability to wash themselves, the ability to have enough food to survive. It's It seems very basic, but um, there's so much that I think people don't consider as, as a barrier to this population and and when we're not really addressing those things we are creating we're creating like addictions we're creating mental health issues and and we're creating suicide honestly it's and and when we do help people who are homeless to get housing or to get those barriers reduced they're able to actually possibly you know get out of those situations but there's there is so much like I could go on about the amount of things that are just kind of in the way of that as a possibility yeah and I think you know the older generations ahead of us they're so easy to blame it on that people are too sensitive now that people are offended by everything but Mm -hmm. we have created our kids and we're still you know kids we're still young adults like we have cultivated a society that can't, that just can't do it. That just can't, we're, there's too much happening. And then Mm -hmm. they're just chopping it up. You know, you're too sensitive. You're this, you're too that, but you didn't have those same issues. You never created, you know, all this like social media and like people having access to people all the time and people being more vulnerable. And of course we're going to be fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course people are going to be sensitive. Like we're not helping people at the bottom, And it's costing us so much more money and stress and anxiety by not helping, like you said, not helping people get basic needs met so that they can, you know, stand a little bit more on their own two feet. But we just rather see people fail and little do they know it's costing people more and more money, not even money wise, but also mental, like mentally as well. Yeah, I don't think people realize it would be cheaper to just create affordable housing than it is to keep all of these people in the shelter system in the hospital system and the rehab system and all of these things that are costing our system money. And that's kind of looking at it selfishly, I guess, um, from our standpoint, like it'll cost us less money. But it's also, you know, an ethical responsibility to other human beings that we have. So it's not just it's one other benefit to us if you really need to look at it that way. But um, yeah, ethically, it'd make us a better society. It'd make, yeah. make us more humane again. It'd make us look as Absolutely. people, not just like below people, like raising a society to think like that. Like, how are we not doomed to fail if we don't help everyone? We all yeah. came from the same thing. You know, we all cultivated by the same thing, whether you believe in religion or the Big Bang or whatever you believe in, everyone is connected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You done homelessness and stuff as your thesis topic, like we were just talking about and kind of just like helping people out, you know, uh, where they're to, where they're not to ethically as a society, helping us with that for mental health and its effects on us personally, you said you have a bit of a journey and I kind of would like to hear, um, just your experience as well with, uh, mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of a, obviously it's, 
it's a hard topic to talk about. I've I've personally gone through many years of, of depression and, and anxiety, just like so many people in my life that I know. And definitely that makes me feel less alone in my experience. Um, but I, I do think it's so important to talk about. And I, I do think the system that we're living in right now, it's just not sustainable. Like, And I know from my own journey of, of going through the system and, and getting mental health care and getting therapy and and seeing a psychiatrist and, and getting all of those things and being able to, you know, actually have support. So it's such a hard, difficult process. And it, it's filled with things that are major barriers and in so much stigma, like the amount of people that I've heard say such wrong, wrong things. And there's so much, I guess, um, misinformation out there and, and such an idea about things that that is just so incorrect. And, and it's, it's disheartening. I did struggle with um, suicide and and self-harm and, and uh, things like that for a long time. And I'm very, very grateful to say today that like I'm not in that place anymore. Obviously, like it's always in the back of your mind of something that you've dealt with in a, in a thought pattern that has been created. But I've been uh, lucky enough to have such a supportive network of people and, and friends and family, my partner, and obviously professionals, the doctors and, and therapists along the way that have really like, I, I owe it to all those people for, for being there for me, because I think like, really, at the end of the day, like what gets somebody through those situations is the people in their life, because you do feel just so alone. And I think that's such a big topic of it is that isolation that you feel um, when you're really, really sick like that is, it's just something that you can't really explain to other people unless they've they've been going through that too. So I just want to say to all the people out there that are struggling, <laughs> like <laughs> shout out, shout out to the girlies, shout out to shout out to the boys, all, shout out to all the boys out there and all the girlies that are going through it right now. Um, life is full of ups and downs. It's things aren't permanent. So and and you know there is supports out there. The the system sucks, but you gotta advocate for yourself and you gotta you gotta push sometimes if you if you want to see things get better. Um, I think that's the best advice I can give. And and uh, I do hope that you know like my friends and family who are struggling right now and who have in the past are able to like make the decision to get help and to help themselves a little bit because like at the end of the day you have to be the one to say like I'm ready to put in the work and I'm ready to like face that really uncomfortable feeling of of facing my trauma and and facing my my dark thoughts and like parts of myself that I haven't addressed or parts of myself that I've kind of pushed down and tried to erase. Um, it's, it's really, it is a really, really, really hard process. And it, I'm not going to say that it's like an easy one at all. And it takes a lot of bravery and courage. So um, I salute all the people out there that are putting in the work and practicing their self-care and going to therapy and doing all those things. Um, really proud of some of the people in my life who have recently also started going to therapy. Shout out to you, not going to name names, but really, really, really proud of you guys. Going to yes. therapy is so crazy. Yeah. Having <laughs> someone to talk to that is non-biased, that just sits there and to just get that internal like weight out, even if it's just the one person who will listen. You know what I mean? And just for someone to like, oh, God, it's I feel like anyone could see a therapist and benefit from it. I don't think you need to be like extremely mentally ill or suicidal or extremely traumatized with PTSD. Like you can have average stress. daily problems and stress and general issues that a lot of people experience without 
you know, the need to feel like you don't deserve therapy, like you, you do, if you feel like there's any part of you that might benefit from it, like maybe you just have insecurities, maybe you have body issues, maybe social media has take a, taken a toll on you or the comparison trap, like literally anything, your work is getting you down or your family stress is overtaking your life. Like there are so many millions of reasons that seem so regular that we can really actually try to like work on and better ourselves and that will in turn you know benefit the well-being of everyone around us like it, it does really reflect out I can see how like when I start to take care of myself it inspires other people who are close to me to kind of make the same actions and take care of themselves better too so it's it's definitely you know something I'm always preaching <laughs> everybody in my life yeah I feel like we kind of like chalk it up and we kind of like put it on ourselves that we always think someone's worse than us or we're not that bad and we kind of like discredit how we're feeling and it's like no you do deserve it whether it's big or small like just to get away like that could just be you know the same as someone loves getting in the shower the same someone loves working out like maybe just love to go sit down and talk shit with someone and just let it all (laughs) out you know like maybe that's your thing you know yeah exactly yeah so within the healthcare system, I think uh, it's so frustrating to see the way that the healthcare system is like, it's not even mental health has never been great within the healthcare system. And I think too, you know, the rest of the hospital now is also feeling the weight of unappreciation, you know, fails in the system and like booking people, uh, wait times in the emergency department, wasting money, I guess, on things or that don't really matter. I don't really know, but it's, it's sad to see mental health patients struggling. And a lot of the times, you know, sometimes you see new people, sometimes you see people that end up coming in all the time and they become regulars. And it's just like, is there really nothing that we can do to get this person out of this acutely sick mental health issue? Do you know what I mean? And then you also get people who, you know, it's hard to get therapy. I remember personally, once I was in a crisis and it was a few years ago and I went down to the Waterford and I, you know, I spoke to someone and I, I went down and it was an okay-ish experience. And I remember I was supposed to get referred to someone, I guess, just to speak to someone that was probably back when I was like, I don't even know, like 20, maybe. And I've yet to hear a phone call for that. Oh and I'm God. 25 now, you know what I mean? And like, thank God I kind of took life in my own hands and kind of, you know, whatever. And thankful that I'm not where I was too when I was younger mentally you know but like just simple as that like you know like here you are going down and like we were just searching up earlier like the hotlines and like different you know services in Newfoundland and just reading some of the comments about people saying like you know like they don't unless you're half dead like they don't care and like you know I wasn't suicidal but I need help and they didn't care you know, yeah. like, damn, like, and I get that everyone's stressed out. And you know, there's so many sick people and so many places to put people and treat people. And, you know, it's a whole system failure. It's not just PAU or acute mental health services. It's the whole system that's failing. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, sh- shout out to April <laughs> for being a nurse in that system. Honestly, all of my nurse friends, you guys are saints. I don't know how you do it. You put up with the most bullshit um, of any job, I think, every single day. So thank you so much. You are heroes. Seriously, you're the heroes of society. Um, one of many professions. But I mean, seriously, the system is so broken. And 
Like I know you guys are out there doing your absolute best with what you have and the resources are just so limited that like it's impossible for everyone to be able to to get the care they need. And it's so, so unfortunate. Like, you know, we have like, what is a hundred thousand people in Nova Scotia or no, sorry. Is it, people, like no family doctors or, or is it like how many people are in Nova Scotia <laughs> quick little Google here hold on let me look Let, let's get accurate numbers so these let's get people you, let's give you an accurate okay. someone's gonna come and be so, like there's actually 101 <laughs> so, we're, so we're about 971,000 people um and I'm I believe the last time I heard it was about 100,000 people on the family doctor wait list god damn if, if that's correct I might be far off but definitely a disparity there of of need to actual received care and you see it firsthand obviously and and there isn't much you can do as the frontline workers like it's a bigger problem than that it's it's about where is the funding being allocated and where is the priority being put right so where is it and why is it where is it (laughs) where's the money where is the money? I want to see a receipt. I want to fucking tax print up. I want to know because it's just like, why is there no incentive to be family doctors? Why is there no incentive to keep well, preventional care? They keep talking about primary care, secondary care, tertiary right. care, you know, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, why are we going up Shit's Creek without a paddle for no reason when we can, what is happening? <laughs> It's crazy. Even that, like that maple app that they just got. I've, I've waited on that thing for days, like literally (laughs) eight hours, just clicking, like making sure the screen didn't fall asleep and literally it will like get to the end of the day and they'll be like, Oh, like you're disconnected. Like thanks for the eight hours of nothing, basically. Oh my God. It's so frustrating, but like I'm out here trying. (laughs) No wonder people feel hopeless enough to, take their own lives and yeah and it's, it's so sad like I, like I joke and I and like I'm, I'm joking around but honestly it really is so <laughs> so horrible it's a really bad situation that we're in like we're seeing it so much more especially the past couple of years oh my goodness um I can't like I know I know that there are definitely certain groups too um besides just homeless folks that we spoke about that I see it in my work too and and if you're looking at it intersectionally, so if you're looking at the different identities and the intersection of identities, so if we're talking about ability, we're talking about race and class and religion and all of these things that make up who we are, there are certain obviously groups of people who are disproportionately impacted by these um, mental health issues and by suicide. Definitely, I see it a lot in my work. We see um, there's a high rate in the disabled community. We're seeing it a lot in the BIPOC community, especially with the Indigenous folks. Um, I, we saw it a lot up north when we were living up there. Um, we're also seeing it a lot with, you know, LGBTQAI plus folks, of course, veterans and surprisingly men are the most likely to die by suicide. So if you're kind of looking at it like that, um, you can kind of see that all of those people have something kind of in common. All of those other groups that I mentioned have some sort of barrier in society that's created by society. It's not created by the individual. So it really is a sickness of society. Like we really can't be blaming these people for feeling like that's the only choice they have left. It's something that we really need to address because again, like going back to that, like we're all human, like we have that responsibility to take care of each other. And we fucking do. We're just homies, homies helping homies. We are like, come on people. 
What is the issue? We got to try a little harder. We got to give a little harder, you know, like we got to love a little extra. That's what we're going to aim for in these coming dreary, cold months is love a little (laughs) extra, give a little extra and love yourself a little more, you know? Yeah. Reach out to your friends, like check in on people, check in on yourself, ask yourself how you're doing, do something good for yourself. Like it's so cliche, but I honestly forget to do it, especially for us care folks, people that are in the care field, you tend to put yourself last. So everybody out there taking care of other people, whether you're a parent or a nurse or whatever else you do, take care of yourself. You cannot give to other people unless you are taking care of you, girl, and <laughs> and the men out there. And those men, you get it. And take a bubble bath. Take, <laughs> have some tubby time. Yeah, have a tea. Have a tea, you know? get a hot bath, and guys... We all know that those cold months are coming, okay? So we know what happens. You know, it's going to get dark here in Newfoundland, probably like four o'clock. It's going to feel like the evenings drag on forever. You wake up, it's dark. You go to bed dark. Like, make sure you're taking your vitamin C pills. Like, do get a happy lamb. Just do whatever it is that's going to make you feel good. And, you know, life's already hard enough. Let's try not to make it any harder. Let's actively put into role ourselves into doing things that we know are, that are going to bring us those little like glimmers of hope and just like a little bit of joy every day. Yeah. We should all be just more real with each other and look out for each other. Like we gotta, gotta look out for our people. Look out for the homies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> April, I was curious also, I have a question for you as the oh, host. Shit. <laughs> I just want to know, like coming from New Brunswick, I'm not really sure. Like I know what the situation looks like over there. But like dating Brandon and having so many friends from Newfoundland, I am really curious about like kind of like the state of the mental health situation over there. Um, And for just from your perspective and in comparison to the rest of the country, just I know it's so kind of it can be so rural over there. It can be such a different lifestyle. And I know it's just so different. Think that definitely the mental health services here aren't that great. And you know, whether it's from the funding follow-up, you know, I think it just all comes back to a a failure in the system and an emphasis kind of on just like the wrong things. And I believe we need to, like we were talking about throughout the episode about helping people so that they can help themselves and then people helping themselves in return. Like, I think it's definitely like a, a balance and we are investing, we're not investing in our people. We're not investing in people wanting to take, you know, like full-time jobs and have few sick days and few vacation and, you know, not getting time off. And then why would you sign up for such a negative thing? Why do you want to go to work to make nothing? Like, why do you, you know, and that's just a, that's just a, a, just a small portion of it. And then of course, you know, it's awesome. They're building a new mental health facility here and it's going to be attached to the health sciences because waterford is a very old building and you know they do need a new building however there's less beds now in that new building so not only have people you know been pushed to the side and not feel like they need the care that they get and it's and it is about keeping it at a hospital you know people people go to down there and, and people want to get admitted but you know you don't want to be admitted for mental health reasons uh, unless you're very, very, very sick, you know, and you need someone to control you, you're a harm to yourself and others at this point, you know, but that doesn't mean that those people don't deserve follow-up care for weeks or months after that, once they feel like they are in that situation and like making sure they're safe and making sure they're filed up and making sure, you know, it's a phone call or a message, you know, I think that's what we need to do is that people want to feel loved and appreciated and understood and heard and we're failing with that. Yeah. 
Uh, mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> I feel like you just know what's going on so well because you're so embedded within it. And you see that all the time. I do um, see it all the time. We're, we're fucking people up. Yeah. You know? And I want to help people and I want to, I want to make, feel like we make a difference. And, it, you know, it's so hard because you work alongside people and like some of the positions now are in the emergency rooms and they try so hard to see so many people. I know one doctor, you know, some people see like, I don't know, so many people, like say 10, 15, 20 patients. And then there's, you know, some of the doctors at rural are trying to see like 40 some odd patients in a short period of time. And then they, no matter how hard they try to like go keep seeing people, keep seeing people. It's just like, like, it's not encouragement. It's, it's sad. And it's like, they feel like it's a failing task before they even sign up to do it. It's not what you got into medicine for. You want to help people. I think that's what people forget about. Like we're all burnt out. It's like, I got in healthcare and I stay in healthcare and I endure, you know, the hate and the love and the sadness and the anger. I take it all on because we want to be there. We want to help people, but it's so hard when you have such limited sources and such a, you know, a higher up system that serves those at the top. You know, it serves whoever is in control of all the money it serves. And then I hear, you know, you hear rumors of if people don't spend as much money on their staff or on the floor, things like that. Do they get bonuses when they don't go over budget? Do they, you know, there's like, is that true? Like, you know, just like, and it's like, you hear that and you, you, it's fucked up. It's so disheartening. It really is. It is disheartening. Yeah. But I, like, I, I really am hopeful, like. There's a there's an optimistic part of me, I guess, um, about the amount of things that we can do. There there are things that can be done. I think it's just about like changing the mind of the people so that we, you know, can actually voice that things need to be different. Because I think like a lot of people can just say that doesn't directly impact me. So like, I don't really have to. Yes, like voting and getting people in power that are actual good people and, and, you know, changing the rules so that, you know, guilt, like self-serving people aren't in these roles. You're in a public service role. You are there to help the public. You're not there to help yourself. So therefore, why is there any shady business going on? I think if you're going into that role, you need to be an, on- like, I hate when people say there's no honest politicians. Like that's insane to me. Like, let's not get rid of these people get rid of people who are there for themselves have it straight up that everyone can see what you're fucking doing and if you start to be dishonest if you start you know turning into one of those people adios amigo get out of here because that's the kind of government i want to be a part of and that's the kind of government i want to see in charge and that's why voting is so important most recently i'm like no like this is serious shit like i don't know i think all of us young people are just like in this state of learned helplessness and we just think like we're not going to make a difference or like our one little thing won't make any sort of impact are you speaking out that one time won't do anything that's what they want us to think exactly they want us to think they want us to think that it it doesn't matter it so does it so does like everybody's little tiny some sort of action does make a larger impact that's why these people hate it they hate when you know people being um activists they hate people speaking out they hate people shining light on their bullshit you know what frig them and then you Whoa. know you hear, yeah like oh oh i thought oh, no. it wasn't an, yeah i thought it wasn't an issue now all of a sudden you're getting hot and heavy <laughs> you seem like you're sweating over here what are you sweating about because you know i know the truth <laughs> right <laughs> little politician in the making over here i am i am a little politician in the making april for prime minister ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. i swear i'll be better <laughs> I'll be my slow. That's your whole campaign. I swear it. I'll be better. I'll do better. 
So guys, thanks for listening this week. I'm glad we kind of just talked base on it. I hope everyone just starts up the conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's a dark, gloomy fucking subject, but that doesn't matter because we are out here trying to hustle. We want you to hustle. We want people to keep their chin above water. And then we want to excel past that because that is just the bare minimum. And we want people to, to just love themselves. That's the yes. goal. Get I love through that it. hopefulness. Go. Yes. We got yeah. it. So we have some hotlines that you guys can use. You guys can do, you can introduce that one if you want. Um, We have mobile mental health, which we use a lot at work. So it's a 24-7 line. And the number is 1-888-429-8167. And we also do recommend Kids Help Phone. That's 1-800-668-6868. And you can find all of that obviously on Google too. Yeah, you guys can use a little Google. We got Talk Canada or Talk Suicide Canada. That's available 24-7. You guys can also send some texts. You can go on uh, and find that on there as well. We got the National Institute of Mental Health Crisis Line. You can text HELLO to 741-741. You can also do the Veterans Crisis Line. Very important. They help service members and veterans in crisis as well as their family members. 1-800-273-8255. Kennedy, thank you so much for coming on this week. I hope you keep striving and I love you very much. And hopefully we'll see you guys next week on another episode. Peace and blessings. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.